How you doing, everybody? Welcome to the Data Lab on Fourth Frequency Sync. This is Dennis Michaels, and this is where all of the numbers get crunched that will hopefully make you a smarter fantasy football player and using the scientific method as we always do. And joining me as he does each and every week here on the Data Lab, hey, he's the, the main custodian of the Data Lab, where all the analysis gets done. He is the professor. It's John Bush. John, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Dennis. Custodian, huh? Okay. Uh, back in the day, we, uh, while working in the lab, sometimes you would throw the things away that you shouldn't, and then you'd have to rescue it out of the trash can. So we called that trash can data, and sometimes that was very important. Uh, uh, you know, we would throw samples and stuff away, and uh-oh, should have done that. So I am used to digging out of the trash can and making it fresh again. So I understand about trash can data and custodian of the scientific method. So I'm all in, uh, but sometimes in fantasy, uh, what was trash last week, we're actually digging for this week. And uh, with some of the uh, uh, players uh, that are already out, we're having to dig deep. And we'll talk about that on the main show. But this is another trying week, Dennis. Uh, week 13, Biomageddon Part 2. We're using trash can data to try to resurrect or at least keep our teams on life support through this so we can ease our way into the playoff and then crush our league mates like the bugs that they are right as a scientist you know you pull out your your uh your little light you focus in turn up the heat on your league mates and uh crush them and that's what we're going to do for you guys uh, we're going to crush, help you crush your leagues in the playoffs. Yeah, when Tim Boyle and Brevin Jordan are looking like mm -hmm. possible starts, you know things are getting a little bit lean during <laughs> Bimageddon. But, uh, all right, Professor, uh, one of the things I want to talk about today is uh, this season I had a unique opportunity uh, meet a lot of new people at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, and right. got an opportunity to have a lot of new folks invite me to drafts. And I thought this was right. a great opportunity to test out some new theories. So, of course, already working on the the concept of better than zero drafting philosophy where you draft based on value. You're not afraid to, to take a running back early if that's the best value, but you're also going to load up on a lot of running backs later on in the draft as a strategy decision to avoid the, the problems with the running back position. So I had 13 different leagues that I was invited to, that I said yes to. Now, I was invited to many more, but I didn't say yes to all of them. But the idea of this test, Professor, was most of the people that were involved in this league or in these leagues 
were all fantasy football content creators that I met along the way in Canton or friends of theirs or people they knew and worked with. So the concept was this experiment would be against better than average players. That was the assumption that I was going to make based on the fact that these were people that spend more time looking at the content. The problem with doing an experiment, though, in fantasy football is you can't control a lot of the variables. And there is a problem with that when it comes to the scientific method, because when we do science experiments, we want to limit the number of variables that might ruin that experiment or might make that experiment less powerful because we're not sure exactly which parts of the test were more uh, conducive to, to the result that we got. But in fantasy football, you don't have that joy of playing 13 leagues against the same group of 12 people. It's just not practical. So I decided to not worry about some of the variables that I couldn't control. But the variables I could control were the type of league. So I've got an auction league. I got some redraft. I got some best ball and I have some dynasty. I could control the number of starters in the league by picking and choosing which leagues that I joined. So the number of position player starters varied from 8 to 11 on these teams. And the number of teams in the league varied from 10 to 14. So I liked that sort of uh, random sample of different sizes and different amounts of flex position starters. I also had about a 75-25 split of super flex leagues and even had one double super flex league to test against. So I think the types of leagues worked out pretty good. And so far... Heading into week 13, I'm pretty happy with the results of the teams. I have nine teams out of the 13 that are locked into the playoffs. I have 12 that are likely to make the playoffs, 11 that are in it right now, 12 that are likely to make it, and only one team that is bad, (laughs) you know, really bad, where I have a winning percentage of, of 33%. My median win percentage ended up being 75%, which I thought was pretty acceptable. My best team was 23 and one. And my worst team, as I said, eight and 20, uh, eight and 16. We played against a median score as well as a head to head matchup. So, While this test doesn't tell me everything I want to know, Professor, what it tells me is that I'm pretty happy with the results of better than zero across every format that I could test it against. So, uh, as I think you caught uh, going in, multivariable experiments are, are not something we try to do in science. I've done the opposite. I use the same type of format in the FFPC. Uh, 
about my seventh, eighth year, and I, I feel like things are starting to gel. So I took the exact opposite approach, uh, kind of keeping everything the same and trying to refine my approach to it. So you came in with a idea of an approach and tested it. I've been modifying my approach using some of your data, some of my data, your your consistency, my consistency. Uh, I have a lot of pre-seasonal metrics and data that I look at, kind of landscape level that I use. And uh, this year, my big change uh, was I'm using the same uh, redraft, number of teams, rules, nothing's changed except when I drafted. So this year, I did all my $35 leagues, almost uh, 40 of them, in August and early September. Okay, most of them were slow drafts. And that was a change because the previous years, I would start in May, sometimes even April, and do that. And what I found when I put multiple years together that I was less efficient until later in the season. So I got better, and that's probably not surprising, uh, in August than I was in May or June as a group, right? I would win some championships, but I would lose too many, I thought. So I, I changed that, and I also uh, focused on best ball not starting in March and whatnot. I actually started in June and July. So I did best ball June and July. And then my, and the best ball was $5 leagues. I did 25 of them over uh, the two months. And then $35 redraft, the main show uh, in August. And so I will report back uh, to end of the year, but that is the approach that I've done. So Dennis is doing one approach in science. I did another, and both of them are fine. It's just as long as we understand the the good and the bad, right? There's no perfect experiment. And in fantasy, the sample size and other kinds of things there's just a lot of uncertainty and volatility. And, uh, you know, if it was all figured out, then everybody would be a champ, right? And Vegas wouldn't exist. So uh, it's never going to be perfect. There's never going to be the optimal experiment. All we can do is nip at the edges of the uncertainty and try to make the so-called black swan, right, where we don't know what we don't know, gray. In other words, you know, this could happen. Let me prepare for it. And that's the, the best we can do. So I changed my timing this year. And we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, maybe that's not it. Maybe it is. Maybe there's a, I need to start in mid-August or something. Uh, you know, who knows? But uh, just to show that we apply our testing. So each year people think, oh, I live and die by this year. To me and Dennis, 
this year's just another uh, opportunity to continue the, the beta testing. We'll probably never stop beta testing new ideas because that's what we like to do and it's fun. That's what drives us. People talk about the grind. There, if you're beta testing new ideas and pushing the envelope, it's not a grind. It's fun. And if that's not who you are, then I, I wonder why you're doing this because I wouldn't want to work year after year on something that was a grind. That's, that sounds horrible. You know, going outside and breaking rocks all day, that doesn't sound fun. I like to do the scientific method. I like to test new ideas. I know Dennis is eat up with it himself. We are infected with the scientific method virus. And the only way to handle that infection is just to keep moving, keep beta testing. And the goal at the end of the day is to make more money. So well, we've, got sure, a, sure. we've got a wonderful goal and a wonderful reason that we do this. But I have a feeling, Professor, that if it was outlawed playing fantasy football for money, we would still be intrigued with figuring this out because oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a puzzle. It's a, it's it a puzzle. It's a puzzle. And, and you're right. You need to do the experiment to test what you want it to tell you, you, you what you want to find out. And the particular reason for this test was not so much – the question, does my better than zero work? Because I already know it works. My question was, is my better than zero better or worse in different types of formats and different types of scoring systems? So it's impossible to do enough leagues to test that theory uh, completely. I don't even have enough time to do that many drafts. But what we learned from this study is that it doesn't matter whether it's Dynasty. I figured I'd do better in Dynasty than in... I think sing- you're doing better in Redraft. Two out yeah. of three in Redraft. Yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing as good, if not better, in Redraft. Mm-hmm. My auction league... Yeah, my auction yep. league team is, is really strong. And, and your see- best ball looks like the worst. Best ball is definitely the worst. And that's what I kind of figured... Because in best ball, factoring in lousy game percentage like I did with these drafts, because my better than zero, I used a data set that was a little bit different to test this. I I concentrated on those bad games as well as the consistency and as well as the weekly values. So the weekly values looks at upside. Consistency obviously looks at consistency. And the bad game percentage was the the piece of the puzzle I added in for these 13 leagues. That has gone on to become the MVP index. So chasing this next year will be even easier because now I've got a name for it and I've got a number assigned to it. Yes, you do. So that makes it easier and it takes more, uh, it it removes some of that, um, that, subjective nature in in the study and and makes it more exact but what i found out here was was quite fascinating too professor these leagues all varied from half ppr to ppr to exotic scoring systems where there were a lot of bonuses there were a lot of other things 
my weekly values tool and my consistency tool and now my MVP index are all based on PPR leagues. Okay. That's the way I've developed them because I play more PPR than anything else. What this taught me was something very interesting is that there apparently is not, and notice I said apparently, it's not a conclusion, it's a it's a logical assumption from this set of data that half PPR, lots of bonuses, exotic scoring like that used in the Scott Fish Bowls, uh, one of my dynasty leagues, we change scoring systems every year to mam- mimic the Scott Fishbowl League. So I didn't worry about the specialty rules. I drafted as if it was a regular PPR team. That team's 23-1 and one right now. It's the, out of all of the groups of leagues, and I think there's six leagues altogether, so 72 people, I'm the number one scorer by over 200 points in 12 weeks. Dominating the league. And I drafted that as if it was a normal PPR dynasty league. Now, granted, I tend to draft more veteran players than a lot of dynasty players do. So I should do better in the first year of dynasty. How well those teams age will be another thing that'll need to be tested. So like many tests, like many experiments, it really is never ending, Professor, because this study will give us results after 12 weeks, like we did in this article that you can read over at scienceoffantasyfootball.com. It's called it, Beta Testing New Ideas. It, yes, and it will have more data after the mm-hmm. playoffs. Mm-hmm. We'll know how our ROI was, because mm-hmm. most of these are money leaks. We'll understand how well we did win loss and money wise at the end of the season. But because some of these leagues are dynasty leagues, the study will continue for Mm -hmm. years to come. We'll get to see whether those teams are going to be better or worse in year two, or were they just flash in the pan, great teams because I was not afraid to draft older players. Will I age out faster? That is another test that is, so within the same experiment, I'll get data on how good my methodology is in Dynasty because I can track all these teams. I know when they started and I can track them for the next five seasons to see how well those teams did. Do my teams stay good? I don't tend to trade away a lot of draft picks. So my team has a chance to refresh itself. And in fact, if my team's not doing well, that's when I tend to trade more. And I trade away my older players to get more draft picks. So I try not to get my guys to age out at any position all at once. I always layer my ages. So... In theory, this test will tell us even more information down the road 
about another variable that we didn't even intend to test on directly, but it'll be on my dynasty fantasy football methodology. Does it work? Does it need to be tweaked? We'll learn that down the road after a few seasons. So very interesting test. I, When I started to accumulate the data, I wasn't even sure how well I did, but I was going to report on it regardless of whether it was good or not. It ended up being pretty good. And I had a first place team in just about every format. In best ball, I had a second place team, but in Redraft and Dynasty and in my auction league, I've got teams. I got five teams, Professor, that are number one in points and best record in their league. That's not bad. That's so, not bad. So the better than zero, we knew that that worked. And now we understand that better than zero built on a PPR format will work in other types of leagues so it's a study that that helps me understand do i need to tweak my tools for those specialty leagues or can i keep them the same and the initial conclusion is i can probably keep them the same because i'm grading the players against each other and i'm not sure that we're seeing enough variability in here to understand that but of course at the end of the year We'll look in more detail. Were these exotic leagues? Were they high bonus leagues? Were they half PPR? Were they tight end premium? What were the variables that made these leagues different? And how well did I perform will be another layer of testing that I can get out of this same data at the end of the season. So head on over to the sites of fantasyfootball.com and check out the article about my beta testing of a new methodology in drafting. And you'll see a report on this at the end of the year as well. Hey, check out the defense against position data and all the uh, efficiency information and snap counts all in one easy to decipher graphic from the professor. And then head on back here to Four Frequency Sake next week for another edition of the Data Lab. Get to work, folks.